Morning, lads. How are you? Low, uh, good. Loads to get through and 11 minutes to do it, so we'll get straight into oh, it with the games uh, to begin with, if you don't mind. Ulster, Connacht, um, and Connacht naming a very strong 15 for this one. Ulster obviously back after that sublime half um, in Europe. Hard one to call or what way are you feeling? Yeah, it is. Um, they've had a tough couple of weeks, haven't they, Ulster? Um, given you know a couple of weeks ago where they were at half time against Leinster, all looking good. Um big um, psychological boost uh, about to happen with them beating Leinster in, in, in the RDS and then you know Leinster responded and were brilliant in that second half and obviously going to sail um, you know they were desperate there really poor and and, and the first half against La Rochelle last week so um, they've had no break with the travel and uh, obviously going getting over to sail on the Sunday morning then the, the La Rochelle game being moved down to Dublin but um, they're a better team than that, and we've said it, but there's a, a psychological scar that's left after these, and, and they're on the road again, which is tricky for them. They're, they're, they're going to the sports ground against a very strong Connacht side tonight who have all their internationals back, and um, so that's going to be a really tough one for, for them, and uh, the kind of pressure mounts up a little bit, no home comforts for them. Yeah, and kind of desperate for the win as well to get themselves back into the reckoning in Europe. Doak at 10 as well for Ulster. We'll have to keep an eye on that. Munster-Ulster, um, as always, a bit of interest here, Quinny. 21 points between them in the table, both on the back of wins in Europe. And I saw Mike Prendergast during the week saying that there's no mental hang-up uh, for Munster when they're playing Leinster. The record isn't great. Is he right? Um, the record is, is is dreadful, really. The last... Um Nine league games, Munster have lost. You know, one, two semi-finals, one final, and six league games. So um, there is a, a Rainbow Cup win in there for for mm. for Munster last May, twelve months. But um, it's very difficult. Um, everybody, I think, who plays Leinster, um, you've got to be, you've got to get a huge part of your game right for 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 eighty minutes. You can't switch off. Um and and they kind of proved that again a few weeks ago and that that Ulster victory when, you know, if you're in a situation twenty two three up at half time, you think you're going to see it home. There's always going to be a response from the opposition. But Lencer just reminded everyone again and, and what what they've done in Europe, that that performance over in Racing. We don't know the teams yet, obviously, um I think what Munster will probably um, not not lose too many, um, and I think they've shown, um, I suppose, big improvements in their performance in the last couple of weeks. They still have issues around their discipline and and probably some of their execution last week, turning the ball over. But you know, we know Leinster can make lots of changes and still have a very powerful, strong side. And and Leo Cullen has got that right in the last number of years in this fixture and picking guys who uh, are probably hungry and disappointed and frustrated that they're not starting for Leinster in, in the big European games. And they seem to perform. And getting that balance right has been easier for him than, than most other coaches because of the quality he has. So, um, yeah, Leinster's, uh, I think it's 2018-19 season was the last time 
I worked for that game. I did the commentary down in Tolman Park, Munster 1, 26, 17. Um, it's a long time and it shows how strong Leinster have been. But it also shows that Munster, you know, were, were stuck in a rut and uh, <clears throat> not good enough to win, win those games. Some of them were very, very disappointing. But there I say there's a little bit of optimism and, and hope for this one that... Um, if I keep, if people keep saying that you know Munster will finally win one, eventually they will. Anyway, that's that's going to happen at some stage. But mm. this is a perfect opportunity for Munster, given the last number of weeks and and some positivity back in the club. That's uh, that one is Monday evening, and then you've Connacht Ulster this evening at uh, seven thirty-five. Just give me two words for call the two games. Um. I think Connacht and Leinster are probably are probably favourites for both games and will probably get a result. So it's hard to kind of move away from that. But I think if Munster get opportunities in, you, you expect a reaction from Ulster going to Connacht. I think they, the disappointment in the last few weeks, and they're very capable. They 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 walloped um, Connacht in that first game in round one, thirty six ten. I think was the score. Mm. Um, so you know, obviously there's. There's a bit of bite and rivalry, and look, it's, it depends what team Leinster pick. But I, I'm giving Munster a chance for sure in this one. We to um, bounce around a fair bit here because I want to get to your top three rugby moments of the year. But one thing I just want to ask you quickly about Quinny, if I can, we need to mention it. The Benetton story this week, finally suspending at last in the last 24 hours, the player who gave Guinea-born Italy international Sheriff Traore a banana in a secret Santa thing, and the fact that it's taken so long for the club to act. Um, is sort of where we're at at the minute. That's the main the main talking point out of it. They have finally suspended uh, the player, but it took them an awful long time to get there. It did, and uh, it's shocking, really, what happened. I just couldn't. Um, obviously, I played for Munster for a long, long time, and and uh, a lot of familiar faces and very close friends and people uh, in, in the dressing room I was in with Munster. There was a lot of slagging, um, a lot of fun. Uh, different outfits and costumes bought for people at, at Christmas when we would go on a Christmas party or for a Christmas outing. Um, I could never envisage or I would, ne- would could never believe that um, somebody would, would do this in the modern modern age. It's shocking really what happened. And uh, fair play to Traore for coming out. Um, he risked, uh, he obviously, and we don't know what the fallout is, risks, um, you know, putting himself in a really awkward position here, and will he continue playing with Benetton? Would he stay there? The player is suspended now. What's the whole reaction? But we know Italy has a bit of a checkered past and and present, I suppose, with, with uh, regarding racism. We see a lot of problems there in the in 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 soccer. Um, but this is shocking in rugby. Really, I, I was really really surprised, as everyone was, that you would actually consider doing something like that or playing a practical joke uh, on somebody thinking it's funny. Uh, shocking, really. And he deserves huge credit and he deserves support. He deserves to be supported around this now and uh, not scapegoated by internally by, by teammates. And why did he do this? And he shouldn't have went public. Um, it's it's he, They crossed the line there and, and he deserves massive credit and support for coming out and speaking about it. Yeah, we'll watch it as as developments unfold, as no doubt they will. Um, right, let's get into your top three moments of the year, rugby, uh, uh, Quinny, in, in the rugby. And um, it's a bit of a 
uh, incredible like uh, reflection on the year to be honest and most of it is involving Ireland but let's start off with the one that's not and uh, the Six Nations and there was one moment particularly that stood out for you yeah um, <clears throat> obviously my my Welsh friends won't be too happy to, to, to be bringing this up if there's any of them listening or any Welsh people I'm sure it's, uh, it was an incredibly disappointing situation for them and a disappointing Six Nations um, but Italy beating um, Wales in that last game of the Six Nations um, was just phenomenal really it was uh, Eduardo Padovani scoring that try in injury time uh, Capuzzo the, the full back in the day he's playing with Toulouse now he kind of introduced himself to the world with that counter attack and that break and the pass inside for Padovani and you know it's it's difficult for Welsh people, and it was an incredibly disappointing day. But if you're a rugby neutral or a sports sporting neutral, just to see the scenes at the end of that game, um, I think it was a high, and it was great to see. Um, obviously, if it was Ireland, I wouldn't be saying it's great to see. But um, Kieran Crowley, you know, thirty six games lost consecutive games lost in the Six Nations and then they produced that performance um, I think it was it was an incredible finish to a game and, and it was a high it was a rugby high throughout the year again if you're Welsh it's not a rugby high obviously but I just think the scenes and the emotion at the end it was a lovely moment in sport You've gone for the Irish uh, second and third tests in New Zealand as well perhaps unsurprisingly Quinny definitely some uh, really in the years moments there yeah, I just think, I even still think back now and I just think the the feeling and the mood and, um, you know, there wasn't many people around there. Uh, they were coming out of COVID, um, still lots of restrictions there and face masks and all that kind of stuff. Um, in New Zealand, I, I headed off to Los Angeles and, you know, landed there on the Thursday and thought, you know, the intrigue, I always loved going to New Zealand as a player and, and just the passion and uh, they have for the rugby there. Every corner you go around, if you if you drive out of any of the cities, somebody's kicking a rugby ball, there's little games going on everywhere. It's just, it's an incredible country and it's a lot of similarities to Ireland with the, you know, the farming background and the countryside and all that. It's uh, And I just thought... I grew up watching the All Blacks and the aura they have. And I think obviously we've broken that, started in 2016, getting that win in Chicago and and a couple of more wins after that. But I thought, you know, it was obviously a daunting task, but I loved, I just loved the response in the second and third test and the bravery of the Irish side and and the way they played. Um, They didn't try and contain, contain New Zealand. They just went out and backed themselves and played and, uh, the scenes at the end again in the third test in Wellington, which it would have been very, very easy to kind of pat yourself on the back and say, well, we've won the second test now. Um, that's brilliant. We've done something that no Irish team has ever done. Um, you know, normal normal events will take place now that New Zealand, we put up a good fight in the third test and, and they'll win it and we get massive credit, can have brilliant holidays at home. But the drive to try and get that series win in the third test was was sensational. The performance in the first half, the tries that Ireland scored, and then the fight that they showed in that second half to to hang on when 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 New Zealand responded and came back at them. Um, and I just thought there was, I'm not sure how many people. Quinny's been muted. I think the players come out no. on the bottom end of the field. 
as well. He was just dipping in and out there. Um, his last moment, Quinny, sorry, we've lost there. I don't know if you can hear us. I think his headphones might have uh, run out of juice by the sounds of things if he can't hear us. So Hopefully you can, Santa uh, brings him a new there. set for him. We'll, uh, we'll get him in 2023. And exactly, uh, happy Christmas and New Year to Alan Quinlan. His other moment was the Josh Van... It, it was the... For me, it was... There was such a pack of players there over the last couple of years mm-hmm. between the likes of Conan, Omani, going back to CJ Stander, going back to Dan Levy. There was a there was a cohort of back row players there. Uh um and Doris. There's more, the list is mm. close to endless. And then um Josh van der Flair was the one that stood out. So um yeah. you know, Head and shoulders and, and world player of the year. So um Josh van der Flair, Quinny, I think you might be back with us. Yeah, I'm not sure what happened there, Adrian. But um, yeah, just finishing off in New Zealand to see the crowds at the yeah. end and the Irish people. I think after everything with COVID, I just it's something I, um, they'll never forget. But being there and being part of it and doing the commentary on it was phenomenal. Yeah, Josh van der Flair is is the other one. Just his performances. I think he's such a humble fella. Um, I remember meeting him after the first test and he on Sunday morning and in Auckland and he was heading off to mass on Sunday morning. Um, and I just thought, I just any time I've ever met the guy, he's incredibly humble, and the way he's improved his game, and and for him fitting at the end of the year to win World Player of the Year, it's a phenomenal, a phenomenal uh, achievement for him as a player. Yeah, he's really stood out from the pack. Thanks, Billy, for everything over the year, Quinny. It's been a real pleasure chatting with you every Friday morning, and enjoy the rugby over the break. Talk to you next year. Che- cheers, lads. Happy Christmas to you. Same to you, Quinny. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.